Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! <laughs> oh my goodness. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to this, this wonderful thing that we call the Mosby Learning Podcast. It is shambled together by, well, I'm one of the people shambling here. My name is Dan Hurt. I'm calling from uh, Mississauga, Ontario. Hey guys, this is Adam Kosick's over calling from Dallas, Texas. And this is Cynthia Gibbs from the Dallas Metroplex. The Dallas <laughs> Dallas Metroplex, you're on the air. Uh, okay, so welcome, welcome. This is uh, this is episode eight, and that is this eight? No, no it's seven. <laughs> this is episode seven. We're not restarting this. This is episode seven, uh, and that means you can find the show notes at Mosby.ca/slash zero zero seven. And we're going to spend the next between thirty and I don't know three hours, 30 minutes, somewhere in there, uh, talking to you about uh, all sorts of different things. And I'm not saying we have all the answers. We have some of the answers. You get the privilege of sifting through everything to find the good ones. And and we wish you luck doing that. Um, the, uh, The only thing that's really noteworthy from my part of the world is, ladies and gentlemen, last night we had an official federal election and we did it I, I would say with a little bit less fanfare than uh than you find folks south of the border you did trudeau won again right true yeah trudeau won again that's right just this informal survey do you guys know any of the other candidates that were running no absolutely not no thinking, the queen that's not yeah, <laughs> she always wins man she just sets the rules and she does her thing yeah we had uh i think there were Gosh, there were five, uh, five kind of serious candidates, uh, one, one startup party. And then there's always, uh, there, like there's a rhinoceros party. I don't even know what they do. There's a Leninist Marxist party. People can run as independents. There's all sorts of shit going on up here, but, um, yeah. Uh, anyhow, so we've got uh, who knows two more years of blackface, uh, I suppose with, uh, with Mr. Trudeau in the office. Uh, terms are, um, terms are two years. Uh, well, so there's probably going to be a, cause it's a minority government sure. and that is so because there's, he, he won of all the slices of the pie, his was the biggest, but it's still not big enough to, to really run the show. So usually there's a vote of non-confidence after a period of time where people say, all right, let's, let's get serious about this. And there's another election. So that's, uh, that's probably what we're looking at. Um, we're looking at soon, but we'll talk a little bit more about training in this uh, episode than we will about Canadian politics. No, no, uh, I want to stay with you the Canadian politics just a minute, but so <laughs> there's going to be another oh. election because people aren't happy that Trudeau got elected and that comes in two years or is it just random? Uh, it's usually within about two years. Yeah. It's usually when somebody else in, uh, I think, in, and now you're going to make me look silly. That's, that's fair. That's, that's, that's come up and it's right there. But, um, usually there's, so there's a vote of non-confidence by somebody in parliament that says, listen, this is just a shit show. We're not getting anything done. Nothing's actually happening. So let's try this again. And that's when the people try a little bit harder. So is that like it, in, it wasn't in game of Thrones with Cal Drogo when they wanted to take over his place, they, uh, competed against him uh yeah i guess <laughs> I, you know what it, it might look a little bit more like the red wedding who knows what two years brings um 
next time. Yeah, but it'll be interesting. I'll keep you guys posted uh, posted with that as as the story unfolds there. Yeah, and I'll be looking um, for an update in you know twenty to twenty eight months from now. So yeah. There you go. There, <laughs> That's the window, now. man. Yeah, it's good. That's the sweet spot for a minority government uh, secondary election. All right. Um, we yeah, so one of the things that we, we're going to talk about here is we're going to talk about some virtual training stuff coming up in just a minute. Now there was oh boy, I should have pulled this up a minute ago, but there was a um, a, a, a Canadian organization I4PL, and I think it's the Institute for Professional Learning, but they use the number four. They actually have their call to speakers right now. Where is this? Where are you? Um, I don't know. It's somewhere in here. Anyways, and they were looking for uh, for speakers to do webinars specifically, which uh, which is kind of interesting. Now, we have all done a whole lot of webinars uh, co collectively, all different kinds, different styles. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to talk about a little bit today. Now, um, one of the topics that we're going to talk about in... Um, Adam, you and I at a future session is actually how to host kind of engaging virtual training sessions. Yeah, so we, we are. And uh, that's actually an upcoming session that we're doing in Orlando at the uh, e-learning guild conference. And that's going to be in the end of March, specifically about e-learning sessions. And it, it's kind of funny when we we applied for this we basically said you're not coming to this big conference and said yeah. that we're going to do half the session virtual so i think it's going to be something that's going to be quite a bit different than anyone's ever seen before at a conference uh because we are going to do a virtual session at a conference with people and, and you're not going to show up so i'm not going to i'm just not coming you're just not yeah, coming so welcome to the conference dan that's is right. not going to show up at all and so i'm going to be there and you're going to be virtual and so you know, you and I came up with this idea, uh, kind of out of necessity, probably earlier this year. I think we talked about because of the Fort episodes. Worth one. Yes, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Fort Worth yep. chapter, and we we got invited to speak there, talking about micro learning. And you were not able to come down from California or from California. California. <laughs> Just move to California. They have the very, same weird politics. It's the wrong, different Ontario. Yeah, different very Ontario. Different. Same strange politics uh, that yeah. you have, but. Uh, you weren't able to come. Everybody's pro weed, though. You got it's the pro weed category. <laughs> Actually, both state. Yeah, they both are. No. Um, but you weren't able to come down from Canada, and so you did it virtually. We were shitting bricks the entire time. Didn't know if it was going to work. Didn't really there were know bricks what to everywhere. Do. There was a lot of bricks, <laughs> and it worked. And you know that concept, talking about okay, let's do something virtual with a class. I'll be in person, and that became the. Uh, the application that we sent into the e-learning guild we got accepted we're going to be doing it at the end of march beginning of april i think the, the the conference goes right over march 31st into april and you're not coming you're going to stay in canada or california yeah, whichever one you want to go to which would be really weird if you went I'm to just, california i'm not going to orlando but i'm going to go to california <laughs> and then you're going to do, do it from virtual. so i'm going to stand yeah. up there and you know we've got a lot of things that we got to figure out while we do that of you know logistics and what the presentation is going to look like but i think I think overall what the presentation is going to be is how to do a virtual and have people experience good and horrible virtual sessions so they're going to see experience it rather than just somebody talking and saying hey these are the six steps that you should be doing in a virtual we're going to do it and they're going to be able yeah. to actually experience that so you're going you know, to do, do bad things so that's the part bad. that makes me 
I mean, we're st- I think we're still discussing that because that part legit makes me nervous because I don't want people to sit through. And I know the whole thing's not going to suck and then we're going to be like, wow, it really sucks when they suck, right? Um, but people I, do but love it when I, we I, fail. Oh, they do, but they like to hear about them. They don't like to witness them, but I suppose some people do. Um, hey, Gibbs, I wanted to ask you because, you know, the three of us were in some way, shape or form present at that Fort Worth thing where we kind of uh-huh. did the the live uh live li- a live binational um you know local session there uh you were in the audience though adam was at the helm you know behind the podium up there and i was uh behind uh, a-, a desk here in ontario canada mm-hmm. uh so what what was kind of the vibe for you and and maybe what were the things that you saw that stood out in that session as being successful despite the maybe adversity we we're trying to work through or like the electricity going off in your building <laughs> yes, there was that. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, um, and I, I had to sprint around the. I had to sprint like all the way to the elevator bank to like wave my arm in front of the sensor because it was just like what seven or eight o'clock at night here while the meeting was going on. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was. It went really, really well. I think that. Um, I think the hardest thing might have been, you know, when people in the audience ask questions because I'm not sure if you were able to hear it or not. Uh, Dan being on the um, the virtual part, but I think it yeah. worked well. I think it worked well for the fact that they uh, had the larger screen so that um, they could see you. Not obviously in the same proximity as Adam because you were at a big screen, but it wasn't like a small little TV, you know, it was a big screen. So it looked almost like, you know, it could have been very easily like you were there because the proximity was well done really well. That's good. Um, That's good. And I mean, oh, go ahead. Yeah. And I think also it goes back to, you know, uh, how much you and Adam practice and how comfortable you were with each other and how much you uh, contracted on who was going to speak when, especially since it was a presentation. Little peek behind the curtain. I don't know how much practice there (laughs) actually was. I don't know if there was a whole lot of contracting either. Yeah. 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 Just go with uh, well, it. We, Just roll. <laughs> we certainly, yeah, no, we, we certainly got through it. I think the, the, the difference between that session, and that certainly gave us the idea for the format of the uh, the submission to the, the e-learning conference in, in Orlando, but the, the, the format, I think is different than just a straight up virtual session, you know, cause you have a bunch of people in a room, they can hear each other laugh. And there's, there's something to that group dynamic and Adam, you were live in the room. So again, it's a bit of a different creature, but I think we can still do a fair representation of what, uh, what an actual virtual session would look like. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the big things that we learned in Fort Worth was that we could set up a camera so you could see, the audience now you don't get yeah. to see everybody like you were there but you at least get an idea of what's going on in the room so you're able to see that they're able to see you right next to it so it's no different than you being in the room you were right there you were on camera and i think that's one of the keys to success is if you're doing a virtual session just in general is being on camera and you were able yeah. to do that you were right in camera until the power went out we could see you and you know at the end of the day it was a picture you were talking to them. The other thing that I think that really worked in our favor was sound. 
we yes. nailed the sound. You were really good on the microphone and it was great acoustics in the room that there were speakers around. So you came through kind of the voice in the sky, but it yeah. matched perfectly to the video. Uh, and that's actually a consideration we need to talk about when we get to Orlando is what is the sound in the room look yeah. like? Um, because mm -hmm. in Fort Worth, they could hear you perfect. So it was almost like you were talking to them up at the front of the stage. And it was a small room. Correct. Yeah, that's true. It was that's a true. smaller room. So like if you're going to be in a larger room like you were for ATD, it's going to sound very different. We will have to roll with that. You know, one of the things that I think, uh, so while we were at uh, ATD there, uh, any got any opportunity to bring that up and be like, oh, guess what we did? But but I you know I attended a session that was specifically on virtual training there because it's always been something that I have uh, I shouldn't say always in recent history it's been something that I've been very proud of and that I think you know I've got a pretty good set of chops at. But there was a, a woman Here that he goes, I watched talking about how much he loves himself. <laughs> It's it's true. <laughs> if there were a theme to these podcasts, <laughs> it's it's we're all united by the love of me. Um, I, I don't I can't remember this woman's name and I feel terrible about that. But she was uh, she man, she was a damn practitioner when it came to uh, virtual sessions. And she was kind of splitting hairs between I don't want to say splitting hairs, but she was getting very specific with the differences between what a webinar might be or a virtual training might be or you know um i i don't know anything like that do you guys really in, in what you do do you guys have any distinction between those things or are they all just like webinars or are they all virtual so gibbs let's let's start with you did i did i lose everybody am no, i still here Can i was just you? i was just thinking about um did my uh, lights yes, go up okay so <laughs> I think I, um, so, you know, it's like, it's wow. kind of like. I cannot wait for this to be kept in and not edited out. <laughs> you know, a lot of podcast uh, apps have like a 1.5 speed. Um, I would encourage folks. <laughs> Um, but okay, so Gibbs, you you and me have done a ton of done a ton of ton of webinar type things though, uh, yeah, with what you guys call CRU. We, we did would, like a combo thing together. Yeah, but I would figure. I mean, training is it's training is so many things. I mean, you gotta add this stuff before that, right? Like you said, virtual mm. uh, VILT or instructor led training or you know classroom training. I mean, training is you're teaching somebody a skill set. Yeah. I, that's yeah. not the definition of what a webinar is. So you can have a training webinar or you can have an informational webinar. Don't, isn't it? Oh, okay. You know, and the webinar is the, the, uh, what you use to, to give what you need to give. So you're just looking at, uh, or you're, you're kind of drawing the distinction of webinar just kind of being the tool that facilitates whatever it is you happen to be doing. I, yeah. Hmm. Right? Okay. I don't know. What do you think? So, Should I Google up so, the definition? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Google up Google up webinar. See what it gives us. Adam, while, while Cynthia is Googling, possibly, sure. uh, what do you have? So the session... What, that, what are your thoughts here? The, the, the lady session that you attended was Cindy Huggett. And, oh, uh, that's my name. Mm -hmm. That's my name and you forgot the lady's Cindy. name. 
Oh, no, Cindy. Wow. Cindy. I've never, I've never called you yes. Cindy. I know. Uh, so <laughs> her name is Cindy Huggett, and uh, she's a consultant. She, she can find her at CindyHuggett.com. She's, she's a pro when it comes to virtual classrooms, and that's what she. Calls See, now herself. you're just showing off. Oh, I you look website. like you prepared. I to now prepare. I can Google fast, um, but Damn I remember it. her name because Dan, you and I kind of had this debate when we were creating our application for the e-learning guild conference what do we call yeah. what we're going to be doing is it a webinar is it a live online virtual classroom and that's what cindy calls it you know live online virtual classrooms and i think it really determines what you call it by based on the interaction that you're going to have uh, yes, to me so... my, my my way of thinking about it to and i think gives you around the same point is that a webinar is going to be really one way now they can ask questions but they're not going to be a lot of interaction besides maybe a couple polling questions maybe a a chat box where it's really one way it's not going to be engaging the entire classroom when I look at a classroom or a virtual instructor-led class, you're leading the class versus just lecturing. So it's kind of one of those things where you're getting into a facilitation versus lecture. This a virtual session, a virtual classroom, is where it's going to be interactive both parts. And Dan, I think that's why it worked when we did Fort Worth and what I'm hoping is going to work in Orlando is we did it as a virtual classroom. We actually kind of interacted with each other and by interacting with each other, I you were doing the webinar. I was more kind of a participant. We went back and forth a little bit. It made the class feel like we were part of a classroom and that you were live. Yeah. So I found the definition. Hmm. There's two. What it, you got? Well, just a regular definition is a seminar conducted over the internet. But then people also ask, what exactly is a webinar? And it says, short for web-based seminar. Did you know that webinar no. was a shortened name? Uh, a web I did not. A I webinar not. is a presentation, lecture, workshop, or seminar that is transmitted over the web using video conferencing software. A key feature of a webinar is its interactive elements, is the ability to give, receive, and discuss information in real time. Ooh, say that just went against my definition. We're gonna go with mine. Okay. Why does it? Why does it go against your definition? Because discussing def things in yeah, real time. Discussing things in real time. I think of a webinar really more one way. Like you think about those some of the webinars we've done in the past, uh, even the recorded ones. It you know we use that simulator live, which by the way, thank you for finding that. I think it's a fantastic feature, but it's a ooh, really that's a one a way. Of doing that, that's go-to's dirty little secret. That's what that yeah, is. A lot of people don't know about that one. It's fantastic. It's incredible. Yeah. So let's look up the well, okay, definition so, of virtual instructor-led training. Uh, yes, let's do that. While you do that, I might call attention. Okay, so Adam, you just said that you like your definition. That makes sense. I like my definitions. You like yours. You know, tomato, tomato. But I think um, I think that the reason that you might like the definition of a one-way sort of style is, and, and, and oh gosh, I don't want to do this, but Gibbs, you can probably back me up. Adam, you have a <laughs> more of a... You have a presentation style where you present information versus facilitating a more of a dialogue. Oh my God, I'm so glad you said it and not me. <laughs> oh, come on. Now. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know that there's one way that's better than another. I mean, because they fit different formats. Um, but that's one of the things that Gibbs, when you and I were working on what you guys uh, call CRU, your caliber, uh, was it Caliber Retail University? Yes. Which, which um, 
but that was that was kind of one of the projects I think uh, Cindy that that you and I worked that was kind of one of the biggest big first things that we worked on together and that was kind of the thing that we worked on until you know I left uh, until I left uh, Caliber until I was like F it I'm out (laughs) I'm done with you people had enough um but what we and and that even came out in the material, whereas the content that Adam you were more developing was a little bit more of a uh, a one directional piece. And me and Gibbs, we we kind of reengineered a couple things, and we said, well, let's put less of the session on us and more of the session on the attendees. And it was easier because it was a smaller group too that we were able to kind of uh, build in more Q and A's to pull people's answers out of them, and that way we can kind of bounce off of that a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I I didn't mean to shit all over your presentation. That's, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's absolutely fantastic. I'm glad you guys took liberties. Adam with always it. gives us a good starting point, though. We didn't take liberties with it. We made it better. No, he gives us great starting points and great <laughs> That's vision true. and strategy. That's true. And then we That's run true. with it. So without well, so, those presentation and strategic skills and pontifications, we wouldn't be where we're at. That. That, so, <laughs> that, along with conversation, pontification is outlawed. There's, there's a yeah. lot of banned words in this, uh, this entire podcast. <laughs> but, but, so far. <laughs> but let's talk about that a little bit because we saw a lot of success with virtuals. And so, you know, when I started writing it and started beginning of, okay, let's put some things to paper, it was one directional. It was, you know, let's get some mm-hmm. information out. Let's start figuring it mm-hmm. out. Okay, those were scripted. I remember like the first... I think it's an it's an eight week series at that point, right? Eight different yeah. webinars, and um, I think number one, number two, I had a lot of writing into, and I was turning it over to you guys, and then you got involved, Dan. And one of the things that you noticed right off the bat, it, it was one directional. It was me presenting, and then Cynthia presenting. And you're it's like, a boy band. Gotta stop this. Yeah. Um, what? So, what are some <laughs> of the things that you did, right? So, so. I know a couple off the top of my head that I know you did, but I want to ask you, like, what did you see that you're like, you know what, I need to add this in to make it a little bit different? Like what specifically? Well, I, I guess let me, let me start by saying why I did. And, and, you know, me and Cynthia together, uh, uh, after, after a moment, we kind of changed it a little bit is because we certainly don't have the same depth of sales as you do. Uh, you know, you are, you are steeped in sales. You've been in sales for a long time. And I, you know, I was in just regular old retail, not mortgage retail, but like, you know, selling, uh, state. Yeah. Working at, I used to work at Staples. I don't work at Staples anymore. And that works for me too. But, uh, so yeah, I used to be a manager there. So I did that sort of stuff, but I didn't really do sales, sales, heavy stuff. So that means that I didn't have the conviction, nor did I have the scenarios to feel comfortable. You know, it, it wasn't just imposter syndrome. It was like, if I say this shit, I'm straight up pretending. And, um, that doesn't work for me. You know, I mean, and I, and I didn't want that to come across. So I made the sessions kind of work a little bit more for someone that didn't have the same set of experience. And um, by doing that, you know, obviously I can't be talking for an hour straight about something that I'm wishy-washy on as far as skill set goes. So I've got to pull from the audience. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that works well. Um, and that was just kind of the philosophy that I approached it with. And then it was like, well, how else can we get people involved? And one of the first things that... Uh, that, that I did is I turned the cameras on, you know, uh, and, and that was, that was a big, big change. And that's a, that is a thing that a lot of people get uncomfortable with and I get it. 
Um, you know, I've known a lot of training professionals that are like, uh, I'm, I'm just not comfortable with it. I just, I don't like doing it. It's like, well, okay, fine. But you know, if you've got a instructor led session, well, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You don't have your face in a bag. You're, you're, you're straight out out there. Most of the time. You, know, you can't hide most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully it's not, it's a paper bag. It's not a plastic bag. This is a big difference. Those are not toys. That's what, uh, so you know, I have kids. So I can I, so I say a couple okay, things about that? No. Um, Nope. Two things. I think, uh, oh, I'm not. Okay. Sorry. No. Okay. okay. No, I take it back. Go ahead. <laughs> so two things. I think of, you know, we had uh, Shred Media with us last week here doing a forum with us. Oh my God. And if I have to hear about these guys again. <laughs> well, and, and it's interesting how you said exact same thing, how you said, you know, a lot of people are nervous about being on the video camera, yet when you're doing instructor-led training, everyone can see you. And one of the things yeah. uh, Josh Pitt said, you know, people get freaked out about posting videos on social media. And, you know, his mentor said, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? And he says, me. And he's like, it's the same thing you see. The same thing the people mm -hmm. see. And so mm -hmm. what's the big deal? Um, the other thing I think that made it different um, was – um, you know, in originality, in from originations, Dan wasn't even supposed to be involved in CRU at all. And no, I'm pretty he, sure I tried to not be involved. Yeah, and so, you know, and then I was just like, hi. And then, you know, and then he got involved. And the funny thing was it started very easily with he was just going to answer the chat line. He wasn't going to say anything. He, he, you know, I'd introduce him, but he was just going to run the chat line and then I would do the instructions. And I think what wound up happening is, is Dan and I are so comfortable with each other because we mm -hmm. have a great relationship is it just became this th thing where Dan wanted to add something, you know, cause he's all these great ideas and thoughts. There's so many. And it just <laughs> became a whole banter between us yeah. um and then it just happened it just happened naturally where it wasn't so much dan was running the chat line anymore as it became two of us engaging with the people who were listening to the call and and yeah. we weren't and i think because of the relationship we have and the friendship we have it's like we don't get embarrassed easily um we were as real with each other as we were in person you know, when we're talking to each other and that made people engaged. I mean, I remember, remember that one um, person, um, Dan, who said we should be on um, the home shopping network selling stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other per and then a lot of people were saying, you know, um, I, I, I don't want to miss the live session because I want to see the Dan and Gibbs show, you know, and that was yes, the big they're, thing. Yes, that that came up a lot and you know that of course that makes you feel good when you hear stuff like that like it's better than a smile sheet you know yes. that that people are coming there for you and i suppose that there's something that you got to consider is like well you don't want to make the you don't want to make that series of webinars about you uh you want to make sure it stays about the content but it's it's really hard to separate those two things especially when you are at least for a while that face of the content for those people you're supposed to be that connection you know one one and one of the things that i think i wanted to do as we were getting started was 
I wanted to, uh, I was more than happy to let you do the content, like the, the kind of the, the shit that I wasn't super excited about. But then I, when I had something, when I had one of my great ideas, uh, I wanted to be able to shoot it in there. So I would come in with color commentary here and there, you mm-hmm. know? And I, th- I think that it's, it's not unsimilar from, from a baseball game where you've got somebody doing the play by play and then somebody comes in with color commentary where they, they kind of maybe add a little context or throw in a little bit of information here and there, uh, because that's two different voices is, is a conversation versus, uh, you know, a, a monologue. And I, I think, it, I think it goes a long way. And I think what we did too is, uh, we lost some of the formalities is it, um, oh god if, yes. if that's the right word i don't want to say we lost some of the professionalism but you know there's a certain way well, to professionally an argument do, could be made professionally do a webinar or there's a certain way yeah. you know to professionally do in uh, formal instructor-led training and we kind of threw that out the window i think <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what? Everything that I have done that I have continued to get good feedback on is to remove formality, like to get the starch out of call out of the collar. And every time I've done that, people have universally said, oh, this is so much nicer than what we had. There he goes again. Uh, Mr. Cossix, what, what what was your kind of impression since you, we were both reported to you uh, at this time? What, no, uh, so I thought it was an absolute game changer when you guys got on video. You know, we had talked about doing video on virtuals and nobody was really doing it. Um, and I would argue that it's really hard. And I want to kind of circle back to what Cynthia said about some of the people we were with last week. So we're doing this presentation and we're actually doing a facilitated discussion about social media. And these guys were talking about, hey, get out there on social media, get on video. And we were in a room with 17 salespeople, which, you know, 17 salespeople, they're pretty outgoing. You know, salespeople are extroverts. And he had them raise their hand and say, who's done a video? Two people mm. in the room of 17 have done a video on social media. And these are salespeople who need to know their communities. It was shocking because they were afraid yeah. to do the video. And so a lot of people say, oh, yeah, just get on video. But that was an absolute game changer when you guys were doing things. And, you know, I'll circle back to kind of when you talk about formalities. I remember coming in and seeing some of the pictures of the videos you guys were doing I'm like, oh my gosh, some of the things are, 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 are outrageous. So I bring that up because I always remember this picture that you're sending out after after the class. Try not and you to guys suck, have, Gibbs. Try not to suck. Yeah, try not to suck. But at the end of the day, you guys are wearing um, graduation hats. And oh my God, you, I remember you guys, that, are, yeah. you guys are throwing streamers on the last day of the eight-week class. <laughs> now, and then you put it into a newsletter and then send it out to everybody. And my best formality. was my mustache, like Dan. Yes, and you guys were wearing mustaches. So <laughs> you, rocking a but sweet at one, the yeah. end of the day, I think you were presenting in front of an audience that one does not sit through an hour webinar very well, right? Salespeople just don't want to sit, yeah. no matter how yep. good the content is. And so you made it like a conversation, like you're sitting in front of them. But then you also said, you know what? Forget the form. Like we're not going to talk to them we're going to talk with them have some fun laugh get through the content so they actually learn and and make fun of ourselves and really 
I say those three things were game changers. You removed the formality, you got on video, and then you also had a great partnership. So it wasn't one person just pontificating or having a conversation by themselves. It was truly a, uh, you brought people into it. And I I think those were some of the game changers, along with a lot of the other little things that you were doing from a nuance of virtual training. Um, and and I have to, I have to say, Gibbs, uh, you handled the uh, you, you took the lion's share of the work in that because there was a lot of coaching sessions that you did one on one with folks, and I was so grateful to be able to just like swoop in for the virtual stuff and then just poof, I was gone, <laughs> and that and I didn't have to deal with anything else. You came in no, for the comic relief and you're gone. Well, yeah, well, that's then, it. Yeah, that's Wonder Rider actually, you, you kept me sane, so that was the second yeah, thing. And then that's, the, that's true too. Then the minute I walked in, it'd be like, Dan, I need you to help me with something really quick <laughs> on this before we train right, today right. yeah can i digress yeah. for a minute do you know snoop dogg turned 48 today and he's younger than me that kind of bugs me <laughs> oh my god i assumed he was way older really no. me too yeah i don't know why he's 40 maybe because he's tall he's 48 or maybe because he hangs out with your girl Yes, uh, <laughs> Madam Stewart. Uh, <laughs> Mar- you leave Martha alone, man. So, why don't we tell Grand them? Old the, why don't we uh, digress into that of making edits to decks? So, <laughs> I turned over a deck, and you know, a little bit more professional, a little bit more uh, presenting type deck. It's my style, and I turn it over, and I come back to see. Martha Stewart on the screen. We're talking about personal branding. Martha Stewart has a great brand, and then you're seeing pictures of who is Doctor Dr. 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 Dre. Yeah. Doctor Dre was in there. So, uh, but he has a. And the reason you know everybody can relate to it, but the reason he's showing up in our corporate presentation is because he has a fantastic brand. I mean, Beats yeah, by Dre is a multi-billionaire now, and you yeah. guys were using icons in different types of training videos or it really just even different types of graphics than to catch people's attention you, you know what's funny so we tried to do a similar sort of thing when we were doing what was we called the ae uh, ae 100 i think I we were bringing yeah bringing our outside sales folks back after you know about three months in the field or, or really just back for a refresh and to let them know we still love them and all those things but um we had brought uh i think it was in the pilot group or the the second group we really only had two i think but I think in the, the second group i was trying to do a session on personal branding which you know there was a lot of overlap between what we did in the uh, the the session for our retail folks and what we did there. And I got through, I think there was maybe three or four different stories in there. And one of the, uh, Karen, one of the participants, she was terrific. Um, she said, how do you know all this stuff? <laughs> I was like, well, I kind of have to know it for the presentation. It's research. <laughs> it's <laughs> like I was just pulling this stuff out of thin air. I'm like, there's, there's work that goes into this. It reminds me of, um, I remember one time, this is my first training job, and I was so pissed off when I heard this question. There was uh, there was a guy in the field. He was also an outside sales guy. And um I don't remember if it was an email or if it, I think it was an actual phone conversation. And he said, uh, like, what, when you guys aren't training, like, what are you even doing? And it was real snippy the way he said it. It's like, oh, okay. All right. I think we're, I think we're through here. Yeah. We're not going to talk. We do nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm done with you, baby. Yes. I'm done with you. But oh, you know, you talk about all those things and it just added engagement. And you know, I think there was a couple other parts where you guys succeeded. Like, 
how did how did you guys get engagement from from the audience in this? Because that's one of the things that Gibbs would beat them would. over the head yeah. sometimes. She would basically <laughs> no, say, "Come on, you, you guys," yeah. and then call them out by name. Yeah, <laughs> you helped too, though, because literally a lot it, of no, times right. what would happen right, yeah. is. Um, I think always the first session, it was a little tougher, but by the third or fourth session, because yeah. of, you know, the way Dan and I were doing things, it became almost uh, more chat line <laughs> than actual yeah. instruction sometimes. I mean, and I think what happened was because they saw uh, how Dan and I were together, it made them more comfortable. And I mean, and a lot of times it would become where Dan would make a joke about me and then they would just all join on the chat line. That's right. Yeah. yeah well, so the, the chat, the chat line was probably the biggest tool that I think we used. And it was because there was two of us. Like uh -huh. when it's one presenter or one facilitator, it, that's, it's a, it's a beast to try to stay on point, to get all your content through, to hit all your high notes and to run the chat line. Like that's not easy, right? That's why the real pros, they've got somebody else doing it. And that was one of the things that I was always trying to bring was I was trying to answer questions or cover stuff in chat. Um, and, and, and drawing questions out of people or prompting or, and replying to people. Yeah. And that I, was I really the best because he would make yeah. little remarks about some of their answers and that would just get everyone going too. Yep. Yeah, it's it's true, and you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day with um, like social media. One of the one of the addictive elements of social media is how you you put something out into the world and you want to see the response, right? You 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 don't just put it out there and say, ah, eh, f it, it'll do what it does. You want to see something. That's that's kind of the nature of social media. It's a social side of it, and I think that there's something to that with the uh, the chat line, where if somebody's acknowledged, it makes that kind of that relationship, that back and forth, stickier. Mm -hmm. I, I really truly think that there's something to that. And I think Adam, you're you're so right because you know now I do a lot of virtual sessions uh, by myself, and it's different. It's like I try yeah. to have the same kind of thing with them on the chat line, making jokes and having conversations with them on the chat line and adding on. But it's definitely different where it is a little more formal. It is a little more of me doing much more uh, presenting or instruction. Um, and it's harder for me to draw them out on my own. I I feel like we're starting to make these podcasts your one-on-ones. Are we doing that? Well, we don't. Is that what's to. happening? <laughs> I don't know when my last one-on-one. -on -one I think I think it was last Tuesday. <laughs> I think it was last Tuesday. We're gonna talk about that. Um, but you know, I think it brings up a good point. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you look at these virtual instructor-led instructions or best practices, and it, it says have a secondary person who answers the chat yeah. line. Where you guys saw success, though, is you did it differently. You didn't just sit there and passively answer the, the questions and do the, excuse me, Cynthia, we have a question from the audience. Oh, my gosh. It, like, a lot of oh, times that happens. Like, too I'm on formal. These, yeah, it's too formal. But you hear it all the time on those, like, training mag uh, webinars. You Sorry, training mag. Uh, ATD webinars, I'll call them all out. You want to go webinars. Taking shots. I know, just taking shots. But you hear it, and you, you, what you come to find out is that person who's manning the chat line never talked to the presenter. And so they're not really engaged in the presentation. Yeah, and so, there's and there's 
no rapport there either. No, that, that it really doesn't feel like there's. It's like they talked ten minutes before the session. Hi, you're who? Okay, what are we doing? Okay, great. But you see that you even chatline. with people who have relationships with the person presenting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I I see that happening um, right now, where you know the 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 person running the chat line they've maybe done 10 15 chat line uh, ran the chat line 10 15 times for that person but it's still that whole formality and they'll be like so are there any questions on the chat line and then that person would read them but never talk up again to the point where I'll be honest I I, I am this person knowing she's not talking on the phone <laughs> yeah <laughs> knowing she's and not I, reading the chat line <laughs> yeah and I and I think that's one of the big differences of doing exceptional virtuals or doing the same virtual that everybody does right so Mm -hmm. if you have the luxury to have two people that can work together and really say hey we're not just running the chat like that's my primary responsibility but i'm part of the presentation and then the facilitator the main facilitator is i'm they're working together that's a different philosophy than a lot of i have the checklist check the chat line respond this we'll send out or the intro and outro so Mm -hmm. i think it's just a little bit different of what exceptional looks like versus you know good is one person better is you have somebody running the chat line best is that secondary person is actively part of the presentation but not only that i think you have to find the right chemistry um i think uh one of the reasons it went so well with Dan and I is because I, the two of us always work together as we're a team, we're a partnership. No one's really in charge. We're utilizing each mm-hmm. other's strengths and we're just going to have a fun time. It wasn't a competition for airtime. It wasn't, I know more than you do. It was yeah. just us working together and wanting to be great for the audience. And, and uh, yeah, I just want to reiterate, no one was in charge and at least one person was always, or no, yeah, no one was in control and at least one person was always out of control. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like that might add something I to, just feel to the like virtual I have to go session. back and audit some of these classes. I, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feedback I mean, was fantastic. But so, well, and, you know, I really think that a lot of that goes to, it's it's a group that, I mean, I don't want to generalize sales folks. But, you know, they're kind of a fun-loving group by nature, Absolutely. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was easier to have fun with them because I was thinking when you were talking about uh, a second ago, Gibbs, with having a good chemistry with, with the uh, facilitator or you've got that person that just does the intro and outro. And whenever we were doing that for executives, that was always where I struggled the most because, you know, my nerves were up a little bit because, mm-hmm. okay, I don't normally interact with this person at all. Plus, they've got a C in front of their initials, you know, and it's like, oh boy, okay, I can't screw this up. And then uh, inevitably I would announce a, or, or pronounce a, an executive's name wrong. And then feel like a dumbass, um, and 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 they they were they were the most stressful, and it's because I think you know maybe maybe you're trying to make up for too many gaps that that person might have, or I don't know what it is, but I, I really didn't care for those sort of uh, situations. So I have a, a funny example of that, Dan. I think I told you about this uh, when I did one with our old head of wholesale and uh mm-hmm. they did the product one and we were going to be recording that that simulated live and so oh, the yeah. simulated live was we, we were going to do a live session 
and then use that live session as our simulated live. So then people don't know it's not live because you can set them up, make it like a webinar, advertise it. And right before the session, I was going to be introducing John and his name is John from Wholesale. And right before the session, he goes, all right, everybody, make sure we don't talk about time frames like good morning, good afternoon, uh, because we're going to be doing the simulated live. So I'm like, okay, fantastic. And we start the session had like 150 different people, brokers across the country on there. I freeze immediately because he said that. I'm like, hi, hi, yep. good. Hi, John. Um, he's here. <laughs> and <laughs> completely lost my train oh. of thought because he said that. Yeah. And uh, actually ended up, I didn't really recover. Luckily, he recovered and him and another person just kind of recovered and went through it. I had to edit out my entire intro for the simulated live part because I, I just stuttered over everything because I'm like, well, hi, good. Uh, hi. I have nothing. And, you, um, you know, so yeah. because that is a perfect example of another thing that we haven't really brought up yet that I have thrown out the friggin' window with virtual sessions is a specific like. I'm going to start talking on the hour and up until that point, I'm not going to talk. Mm. Um, I think that's the dumbest thing possible that you can do. And I know that you guys were doing it for a specific scenario so you could have that heartbreak. And that's when, when the executives are in, that's how it goes. And it always sucks uh, because that there's, there's so many nerves to that first thing, like for showtime, for the curtain to rise. But if you're doing an instructor-led session, what, what do you do? As people are walking in the room, you're not hiding behind the, you know, the closet door waiting for the hour to, to hit. You know, you're saying hi to people. Well, sometimes that's what, that's what you, that's what I do. Let me rephrase it. That's what I do. I'm shaking hands. I'm not calling anybody out on this podcast. I'm just saying that's what I happen to do. Um, you know, you're shaking hands, you're saying hi, you're going around the room. You're, you're kind of, you're, what I try to do is I take that time to make friends in the audience. Mm -hmm. That way you're building goodwill because you're going to need it because you're going to screw something up. Something's going to go wrong. And then you've already got an inside joke with four different people in the room and everything's fine. So I, I really struggle with that when it comes to virtual sessions, man, if it's about 10 minutes to the hour, I just turn the camera on, turn the mic on. I start talking to myself. I start saying hi to folks. I start chit chatting about God knows what I'm humming. I'm doing all sorts of stuff to make sure there is no silence and to just keep things flowing. And then by the time time hits, I've already talked to every single person that's there. Yeah. And, and I, I, I can attest to that. I've watched you do that to a tremendous amount of success, you know, and it wouldn't work for me or my style. What did this specific example, I, I agree with you on like warming up the audience on, on the virtuals, but you've, you, seen a lot of success with the music trivia or yeah. trivia in the yeah. back and i love and doing that you, and i've seen people just interact with you amazingly quickly because you're like on this day in 1927 you're almost doing like this radio show about this this mm -hmm. song hit billboard yeah, number this, one this day in music history that's and and what so one of the things that and I actually want to bring more of that into into whatever the hell this podcast is. But one of the things and that I really there, you mean, why not? Right? Okay. What, what's yeah. happened today? We, about Snoop Dogg, so. we did, yeah. Snoop Dogg was our music trivia for well, today, and that's perfect. That's exactly right because pop culture is a thing for a reason. Pop, short for popular, you know. And if if you can just pique somebody's interest if you can get somebody thinking about a good vibe then it's already it's already moving in, in the right direction for you and you are now you're more than the facilitator 
you're somebody that's mildly God willing, entertaining and, and somebody that made them remember a good Billy Joel song or, you know, then they, they, they jump. It's amazing how many people want to jump in on chat. Once you start talking about music, it's unbelievable. Or when you start singing the song, because they say a phrase or something that makes you remind you of the song, which happened to me today. And then I was really embarrassed because the song probably wasn't a great song. What what song was it? Uh, uh, it was uh, "Baby, Do It to Me One More Time." Oh wow! Wait a sec. I I don't need, I don't think I know that song. It's a '70s song, I think. Uh, I don't know. And something happened. Where I forget- well, so you were singing it? Well, I forget what happened. But, saying, but you were singing it. So I, like, I feel like, like I don't know the song. Saying, like, Wouldn't it be got, nice to you share? You do it more than one time. And I was like, oh, like that's like that song. Baby, do it to me one more time. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's probably not a good song to be singing. Not a good song, Gibbs. And they were just <laughs> dying on the chat line. And then the next thing you know on the chat look. line, they were like, so-and-so sang it in 1990. And and some guy named go. Morris or something. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> you know, but it, it's it's not just it's not one of those things where it's like do anything to keep the eyeballs on the screen because then eventually that turns into naked news. Mm-hmm. I, and and you know what what's hap- what's happening right there? What are we doing? Rattling coins in a jar? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The answer to that is yes. Sounds like you're protesting a professor. Jesus. All right. So um, I I think that there's obviously a line that has to be drawn, but I think with what we do, we aren't going to get anywhere near that line as far as how to engage people. And and pop culture is such an easy way to get people involved. Obviously, maybe you want to leave politics and religion at home, but but music is is usually pretty darn safe. So it's um yeah, that that's just one of those things that I've always enjoyed doing the the like the five minutes before we kick off a session because it also eliminates. And this goes back to what you were talking about, Adam, when you uh, when you kind of you, you drop the ball introducing John, uh, which I totally did when I had to do that same thing for. Phil, I, I effed up his last name like a jackass, mm-hmm. and 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 then he had to reintroduce himself, and I was like, oh god damn it! <laughs> oh. But um, but you eliminate all the nerves that come with the oh geez, you're looking at your clock. Okay, it's two minutes. Oh geez, you're looking. At, it's okay now. It's thirty seconds. You know, you all that shit goes away. So yep. it becomes so much more of a comfortable conversation that you're talking with people instead of uh, instead of kind of just pushing that. Okay, and now go. Would you say would you say that it helps with your interaction with them? So it, it helps you uh, as a facilitator, right? Like it, it calms yeah. your nerves as a facilitator. Okay, I'm ready to go. Get in my groove. Would you say that when you've done that, you see more interaction from the audience? Well, I would say yeah. I, I uh, Gibbs, I'll, I'll kick this over to you in a second, but I would say yes because you're establishing a norm. The, the norm that you're establishing is we have two-way communication. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I think webinars, they go and go and go and go and go. And they might have a call to action. Like, uh, if you have questions, put them in the chat line. But then they wait until 10 <laughs> minutes and then and say, okay, I don't see any questions. It's like, because you never really asked anybody a specific question. Mm-hmm. And if you want an answer... If you want people to use that tool to feel comfortable, even just like, where the hell is this chat? I don't even know how to ask a question. What you got, you got to talk them through it early and say, oh, hey, where are you calling in from? You got to give them a reason and you got to give them something specific and small mm-hmm. to uh, to start with. That's that's really it. 
Gibbs, what do you and like when on the sessions that you do? Do you uh, do you have like a call to action or something that you do early on or well, get I them think, into the chat? Uh, last year when we were doing it together, because we didn't really know a lot of people, and because it was uh, you and I, we of course we did factor crap. Um, oh yeah! And then we would, <laughs> factor crap. Yeah. Factor crap. Oh gosh! Is it fact or is it crap? No. Um, <laughs> but I think what made it fun was we were making fun of people for not answering, and then when we yes. did read the answer, we would make fun of the answer. And I think yes. that broke the ice with a lot of people because we it was very lighthearted, etc. Um, I think what I do now is yeah, I never start. Okay, so I do tend to start within a minute or on top of the hour. The simple reason why I do that, though, is because I have so much information to share. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I usually have to speed up in the last eight to, mm. uh, five to eight minutes because I still have 12 slides to do. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So I always try to start. But before then, I'm usually on at least five to ten minutes before then. Simply because uh, and now that I know a lot of people, like now that I know probably at least 75% of the people on those webinars, um, what happens is uh, I start talking to them about personal things, you know, like, hey, how's your son? Oh, you're, you're in football season now, right? With your son or, yeah. you know, hey, I saw in Minnesota that this happened, blah, blah, blah. And so it's much more of a personal conversation that I start off with with each of them simply because I know them now. Yeah, you're an absolute pro at that. And that's something that I saw that I was always like, oh, this isn't my bag. Like, I have a hard enough time with names, let alone they've got two kids, one's in ballet, one's in football. Like, that's never going to happen for me. So I have to go with the generic uh, music uh, <laughs> music trivia kind of music like? yeah. uh, versus actually expressing an interest in somebody's personal life. Yeah, I find that easier. Because you don't care. Agreed. No, okay. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's not that I don't care. But I don't care a little bit. Um, so, so um, I wanted to circle back on something and, and get your guys' opinion on virtuals. You know, Dan, you you sent us a a, a, a thing from GoToMeeting. I think is it was, that when you were flipping I think it was around Robux, when I was talking? Was that was I flipping? Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, but there was one thing in there that I, I wanted to talk about. At least he wasn't shaking a jar of quarters. Exactly. No, I was taking my key and trying to get chocolate off my counter. That's what it's doing. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just go back to the jar of quarters. What? Oh boy. <laughs> um, but I, I, I wanted to circle back in this, and this is an article by GoTo or WebEx, just about their webinars and all this. Uh, GoTo webinar. GoTo, and, yeah. Like how people are using GoTo webinar. Um, talking about promotion, and when you send out communication to promotion, because I think that goes mm. hand in hand. How do we market the training? You know, we've spent a couple episodes talking about micro learning. How do you market it? How do you house it? How do you get people to show up to your webinar? Because I think that's one of the problems. So what are your guys thoughts on that? And, you know, they talk about it a little bit that emails, the go-to promotion, and yeah. you should promote it at multiple times, but I wanted to get your thoughts because promoting the training is is one of the keys especially in these, these optional training courses right like if it's a you know if it's a webinar with the executives and it's mandatory that's a different story right like show up but like optional courses what do you guys think about promoting 
Um, Gibbs, you go, you go first. I think it's really a, a couple things. When I saw that earlier, all I could think of was uh, a couple of trainings we had with sales last week. So what I was in two different, completely different training sessions with salespeople. And one thing that was a constant was how do we stop so much emails? I don't have time. I get a hundred emails a day. Half of them are saying the same thing. I'm deleting a lot of them. And so when I saw go to webinar, that article say that I immediately thought of what they were saying last week. And so I, I think it's really based on your audience, right? It's, it's really based on your audience of what is their best what is the best place to advertise to them? Um, because I'll admit too, because based on how busy I am at work right now, and based on all the things that are going on, I get daily emails from Todd Duncan, uh, now from uh, Shred Media, etc. And I'll, in all honesty, I don't have time to read them, and I just keep deleting them just so I can stay caught up in my email. And I never open a lot of them up. So... I I struggle with that, especially in the business we're in and the fact that they're just looking for the thing that says Smith loan in the subject line. Right. But like in a series, though, like the series we've been talking about it uh, for the last hour or so, you know, you uh, you were calling people before the call, mm-hmm. right? Were you, you were sending out reminders. Were you sending out, and I don't remember, were you sending out email reminders prior from you personally? Or were you talking to them about the webinar from a reminder? How are you getting the attendance? Because I know attendance has dropped sometimes when we don't reach mm-hmm. out and we just say, hey, here's your webinar. It's eight weeks. Show up every time. So what were you doing? Um, I think there were a lot of times, I mean, we were doing the basic advertising uh, through email and through weekly communications of their newsletters. But for me is what happens a lot of times is people sign up and they forget to sign up. So usually what would happen is the day before the actual series started, I would I, I would call them. Well, no matter what, I always call them the day before the call and said, hey, excited. My name's so-and-so. Excited to have you here. Blah, blah, blah. And then every week I call them after the fact. Not necessarily the day before, but I would call them to talk about what we talked about the week before. And then typically the day before the um, actual next class i would shoot out another email so there's a lot of communication etc um i'll be honest with you knowing that salespeople don't look at a lot of emails i tend to stock them on instant message and so you know if i hadn't heard from them in a while or if i hadn't talked to them that week i would personally imm and say hey i missed you last week i missed talking to you on the phone last week hope to see you on the call tomorrow and I would get actually a lot more responses that way. Um, I actually get a lot more responses through IM from uh, from the groups I support than any other thing. So I would. I think do it's that. tricky because you gotta you got you gotta go where people are, you mm-hmm. know. And that that's one of the biggest things that that we found is if you don't put the information in in, a, in front of people in a format that they are going to see it so it can cut through all the noise. I mean, what's the point, right? Uh-huh. And I think that a lot of webinars almost exclusively or, you know, um, the organizations like Training Mag that have a lot of webinars, I mean, they rely heavily on the email list. That's the, the list is a portion of their business. You know, it's a big, it's a big part of their business. So they have to do it through email. It's, it's like saying, well, how, how much, 
I don't know, like of all the things that you drink, how much of them are water or, or how much of that percentage is water? Well, they're going to have to be a lot of it because that's the most common thing that's in everything, right? Like yeah. email is in everywhere, but I don't think that it's it's the most effective way anymore. And that's that's one of the things that I'm looking at at my, my current place is how can we get our internal communications out of email and into something that's more effective? Now, if, if I were if I had to promote to an external audience, I would probably do uh, social media social media videos with subtitles and see if I can just use the appropriate hashtags. Yeah. That that would probably be what I would try to do. And there's a couple other things I do too. Again, it's because I've built relationships, right? I mean, it took a while for you to build those relationships. So, you know, when I go and do the presentation in our new hire class, uh, that helps a lot. The promotion of it in my manager trainings. Uh, if, you know, there'll be times when I'll just send certain emails out to RVPs. Um, when I'm doing coaching with people you know um and they like the coaching i'm doing with them you know they'll recommend and a lot of it too um is now sort of word of mouth um you know you need to go to this class you need to happen this in fact you know the branch manager training we just had last week uh four of those people that came was because of word of mouth because I had a couple people that attended the last branch manager training saying how great it was and that they needed to go. That's awesome. Good for you, man. Yeah, that is awesome. Hey, Dan, circle back on, uh, on the external part. So Cynthia, you're talking about internal and and, and that's all great strategies because I agree. I think that's where you've seen a lot of people, those attendance rates of, Hey, we got them to sign up, but then they're actually attending. Right. You know, so Mm -hmm. that's, there's a big drop off. But when you talk about external, I think it's a different ball game because we, you know, if you're doing an external training for a different company or different places, social media, that's something Dan, we haven't tried. Have you tried that? Uh, n- no. So l- let me rephrase that. I guess if you were looking for your clients, so yeah. like when I was uh, at Caliber there, our external audience would be brokers and, you know, their employees. Yep. And I wouldn't, I would rely on email. Although I, no, we, you did, we did one. We would, you did one or two. We, you did. Yeah, we did a few, but when we were doing Caliber, the, um, the, uh, the app. When we announced the app, yeah. I did a couple of things. Oh, and I did a couple for for the executives as well. When we had mm-hmm. uh, had those sessions coming With their out, heads. yeah. So yeah, that's right. I put their heads on sticks, which is effing ridiculous. And uh, and I I didn't. I certainly didn't ask for permission to put a video on LinkedIn with executive head on sticks. Uh, but <laughs> that I did it. Terrible. <laughs> and I didn't lose my job. It is a true. It is a true story that you. I remember when you walked in in the morning. You saw what I was doing. You're like, oh, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, but it went okay. And you didn't get fired. So that's yeah. Uh, that's it not only thing. went okay. The 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 people whose heads on sticks. They I think they actually really liked it. Yeah. Um, because it's something that the marketing department, and I don't want to just be like anti-establishment, but red tape does not work for making shit happen. Yes. It doesn't. It makes sure you don't get your ass suit off, but it does not make things happen. Especially when it's like, okay, we need to get as many people at this webinar as possible. How do we do this? It's something that's fairly harmless. It's innocuous. Sure, it's a bit goofy and attention whore-esque, but it did the job. Um, we got people so, there. 
It, it did. It yeah. did. People got it. And you know what? It's funny because anybody that knew them, because they were kind of who's who's in the industry, they still are. Um, people see other people's heads on sticks and they're like, what in the hell is this about? So you pick up on kind of that network effect through that and you get the, you get a bunch of people that like stuff and then other people see it and it just, it seems like it's a win. You well, know? and the interesting yeah. thing, not again, not to go back to, you know, last week, but one of the things uh, Shred Media said was you gotta make yourself unique. You gotta do different things yeah. than anyone else. And the whole sticks on the head thing was different than yeah. anything else. Because, yeah. Lord knows. There weren't a lot of mortgage yeah, companies Lord doing that. Lord knows your uniform was still the same. So. <laughs> well, I do. I still wear a uniform. It's a different one, but I still, I got, I got white, so, white, uh, white shirt, blue pants, brown shoes. So you had to differentiate that from, you know, the uniform yeah. that you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and I think the the promotion part, though, Dan, is critical. Uh, the uniform is one, but the the promotion part mm -hmm. is critical too. Because you know, one of the things I know what we're doing too is sending a reminder the morning of, is because people yeah. will they, they'll they'll sign up and then they forget about it, and that, that's helped us tremendously of you know um, getting to well. Time. So there there's stats that I have up on half my screen right now. Ooh. So what is this less than a week? 17% uh, of registrations occur the day of the webinar. Okay. So if you have a list that you can push that out to and, and of course you don't want to abuse audiences internal or external. So you got to really walk that line finally. But if you've got goodwill, if you've got a good rapport with the audience or with the, with the distribution list and you can push that out, well then boom, you've almost got a 20% bump in your registrations. Now that's not a 20% bump in attendees, yeah. but you know, it, it ratios up appropriately. So it works, it works. And the people that already have three emails they're not going to look at, well, now they have four emails they're not going to look mm -hmm. at. And does it really hurt? Uh, not really. I don't know. I don't know. Is it, maybe it's part of the problem. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's good. All right. Put more heads speaking on sticks. Of, speaking of it's good, uh, anybody have a last word? Last word on this virtuals? And I mean, by no means does this mean that we can't talk about it again because there's there's so much here. And and I, I love doing webinars. I really do. They're so much fun. They are. All right. Uh, I was going to go, go say, ahead. Danny, I know yeah. we're going to be talking about that a lot coming up for our session in March and April. So um, I think that that's going to be one of the things we talk about and really break down what all these components. We talked a lot yeah. about fun, but what does that really mean? And, you know, we talked about, you know, having a good rapport. What does that look like? And, and, yeah. and all of those things that sound easy right now but they're, they're really foreign to a lot of webinars out there because i've listened to quite a few and they're not good you just gotta so put me on the third on the third tv and then it'll be fun you may be joining <laughs> uh, you know, the, you know the they don't really know what they got themselves into so um just for be, color commentary it's just, just for, color just commentary. for color commentary so uh it may just be a blast dan will call him from california you can call him from florida and i'll be also, awesome. <laughs> very good. All right. If you think Gibbs should join me and Adam in Florida, send us an email, mosbylearning at gmail.com. You can find the show notes for this podcast at mosby.ca slash zero zero seven. Uh, music is always going to be coming from incompetech.com. Kevin McLeod does a good job. He knows how to make music. Uh, and we know how to make podcasts. So if you have questions, if you have requests, if you have something, like, like a, even a complaint, send it mosbylearning at 
gmail.com. Adam, thank you very much. Cynthia, thank you very much. And you out there with us in your ears, thank you very much. Take care, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye. Christopher Lloyd? Wait, who's Christopher Lloyd? I just saw signs for it the other day. A lot of it, too, um, is now sort of word of mouth. You should go. Bye. You should go. Bye.